0: Hello and welcome to Finding Your North Star, the HGKC podcast series where we talk to prominent business people about their experiences and challenges of innovation. I'm Peter Quintana and what you're about to hear is an interview with Graham Preston of SFL Group recorded at the HGKC Roundtable on Business Risk. It starts with me introducing Graham with a brief bio. He's the co-founder of Sound Foundation, now SFL Group live events production company with a sales and installations department. He's helped the company over the last 25 years into the organization. It is today with over 70 staff and a turnover pre COVID of 12 million pounds. He comes from a background in retail management, but he took his passion for all things sound and began working in live events and was able to develop his hobby into a career, delivering various types of productions as a business built a portfolio of clients over a number of years. The company growing, Graeme's role, evolved from sound engineer to business manager, and he's had to deal with clients, logistics and HR, uh, and overseeing the legal and financial aspects of the company. So he's now semi-retired, uh, with the everyday business uh, running in the hands of um, the next uh, generation. So welcome, Graeme, and thank you very much for, for joining us this morning. So when we first started talking about this roundtable, it was quite a long time ago now, we were still able to be face-to-face and go to live events. Uh, has changed since then, hasn't it? So, can you give a a sense of the impact this has had on you, please, to start?
1: Yes, of course. Good morning, everyone. As uh, a lot of the other guys have been saying, uh, the um, impact has been massive for us in events because they stopped. So, our turnover went from 12 million to a few hundred thousand, if we're lucky. So, it's been a massive hit. And obviously, the initial uh, few weeks was the shock of, what does that mean? How does that work how are we going to cope obviously with the furlough scheme coming in that was a major benefit to us and one of our primary things was how do we retain our staff because we see them as as our um, primary asset really they're all key people who over the years we've um, acquired and have become very much what we call SFL DNA people so they're very much in tune with where we're at the right sort of people that we want to uh, have on board so how do we keep them going forward we didn't know how long this was going to be and the other thing was very much that the business will carry on so that was um that was another challenge for us really but yeah that's it's been massive impact massive
0: has so you were able to take advantage of the government grants and loans. I mean, I think that, I think we've kind of passed the initial complexity of that, and most people understand furlough and sea bills and bounce back loans and things. There's talk of a second wave of that. I mean, do you have a view on on what that might be? I mean, I know you've taken advantage of them so far, and that's one of the reasons why you've been able to retain pretty much everybody on your books, haven't you?
1: Yes, we've obviously furlough was, became my responsibility. So my, my semi-retirement of half to one day a week is suddenly ramped back up again to two or three days a week in the first few months just to implement this whole system. But yes, C-bills, we've just had that agreed. Rates breaks we got for most of our premises. Grants for premises as well. Not all of them. Again, different councils have had different approaches. Uh, and also then tying up or deferring payments to HMRC Uh, tax VAT that sort of stuff so agreeing with them and it has been about talking to them in advance not letting it go wrong and then them chase you and in fact we've had comments from a number of them saying this is really good that you're talking to us before you do what you do and that's great you know so that's been a positive thing actually talking to them up front so that's what's happened there as far as what goes forwards yes uh, we we hope there'll be some positive news today because unlike a lot of industries where people have got back to work in some shape size or form we have very few uh, people going back to work at the moment i'll come on to some of the ways that we've um, managed to utilize them uh, going forwards but uh, yeah we, we hope there's some positive news coming out of uh, rishi sunak today
0: I'll, if he wants to maintain his reputation, he needs to be doing that, doesn't he? <laughs> um, so we we heard uh, I think Bex used the word pivot earlier, and it's often used, and and I uh, know uh, Kim and I both think it's pretty overused at, at, at the moment. But uh, but it is it does reflect the, the fact that businesses need to need to think slightly differently about the way they're they're doing business, and we so you know some are being obliged to just to survive in some senses, and I think all of you in the event sector are pretty pretty much in that place, but others have been quite innovative in the way they're reframing their businesses and, and thriving in fact. So with such a serious impact on the event sector, what, what have you been doing? I know we've had a couple of conversations about uh, areas where you've explored alternative ways of doing things. So do you want
1: to give a bit of a insight into yes. that? Of course firstly we have a sales and installation department which in some ways at the beginning we thought wasn't going to be affected because we could carry on doing that of course very quickly you realize clients are going now we don't want installation teams off-site because they didn't understand the risks so actually the whole of the sales and install department shut down as well for the first few months uh, that has re-established and is is working full on now which is which is great we also have a set building department so a, a workshop and a team of people how could we how could We think of other products to build and sell. We thought through that a lot. Ideas, nothing was really financially viable, and then it was about trying to get the, the, the customers to do that. So then it was, well, what else can we do in, in the world we're in? Well, we're a live sound, lighting, and video predominantly is what we do, so we're the preferred AV provider for the Royal Albert Hall, so we do all that video-related stuff. So the proms the other week, we had screens in, that sort of thing. So what we've done there is just to develop the, the broadcast side, obviously Zoom and um, and virtual calls became a thing. So. How could we develop that a little bit more? Which is what we've been doing. We'd also just signed two new premises at the beginning of uh, COVID, one of which was gonna be a warehouse that's being built as a video studio and is now almost fully utilized for video shoots, both live broadcasts and capture for subsequent transmission for various clients and new clients. So that's that's an area which has, has helped us develop uh, we also looked at a local cinema that has a massive car park, so we looked at the idea of drive-in uh, cinema approach. Uh, approached the, the venue, looked at all that. It didn't, it didn't take off because there were too many issues from their point of view, so that didn't work. But it's, it's been about that, looking at those, those things. The other area which has been a, a major plus to us, there's a, a big lighting company called White Light who have a production department, uh, did the similar sort of turnover in productions that we did, and they decided to disband the production department. And through a relationship building exercise from our management team and them, we now have taken on all their production work. Uh, So again, at the moment, it's not a lot, but it is nevertheless adding uh, massively to the work that we, a small amount of work that we're gradually starting to build up on. So that's been a, a major plus as well.
0: Where are you with the clients that you were working with before, lockdown are you you confident that they, they will come back as events come back into those areas
1: uh yeah absolutely I, most of our business over the years has come from repeat business uh, recommendations it's working with clients we've never really done any advertising it's all been built from from relationships so anybody who's been working with this will continue to work with this. when they've got work that needs doing, and we've been in communication with um, most of them over the time just to make just sure we're keeping in touch, making sure that any opportunities, even if it's slightly diverse from what we were doing, uh, we can pick up work that way. So our, some of our BDM team are really quite good at that, so they, they've been knocking on doors and keeping conversations, so yeah, absolutely. Great. I, I remember one of our conversations, I think the very first
2: conversation we had when we were planning this, and you telling me you felt you were very risk-averse. But the more we spoke, the more I've come to realise that actually you, you've built your business on very, dare I say, sound foundations, no unintended. And that you actually have quite a robust process for risk management, don't you? And, and that's one reason that as a company, you can effectively lose almost all of your revenues, what you've done, and still talk about surviving. So, can you elaborate a little bit on the on the kind of the, the, the processes that you have in place that, that have become embedded in the business to, to think about risk on a wider basis?
1: Yeah, I think it, it all started from the, it was a hobby for me. I had a, a proper job, as we always talk about it, uh, whilst running the hobby. So, over about five to ten years, I'd amassed a certain amount of kits to do all the work I needed to do. So at the point that myself and my business partner bumped into each other and decided we were going to do something. Uh, We then did another few years, just both of us running ordinary jobs and doing sound for fun. So of course we're investing in KIT, we're building up a business, we're building up clients. So the point that he did gave his day job up and then I gave my day job up a year later, um, we'd already got the kit we needed to do the job. So we were always cash rich in that we weren't borrowing money to buy kits. We, we, we were just doing it from what we had. And then as we as we uh, got money in, we'd use it to buy more kit and then we'd plan how we spent that money. So we've always been really prudent and cash rich as a result. So that's one of the things that's helped is that we do have cash in the bank the other thing that that we've done is i've always been somebody who who learns on everything that we do so whether it's doing a gig or whether it's cooking a meal at the end of it i'm going now what can i do better because for me there's you can always improve our strap line is excellence in production and my personal sort of motto has been striving for excellence this thing of saying well what what can i do so i cook a meal at the end i go now, what could be better next time? Even if it's brilliant, what could be better? So I've always had that sort of approach of, um, of almost debriefing at the end of every event, every dinner, every whatever it might be. So it's always learning from what happened, how we can improve. And one of the examples of this, and, and you highlighted it, Peter, was this thing of um, near misses, was the fact that if we have uh, any incidents, Uh, And I'm not necessarily talking about physical accidents. I'm just talking about things where something you go flip me. Wow. What what happened there is is we we take that very seriously. We look at it and we learn how to recognize it uh, and what what it is that's happened. And then we plan for what happens uh, if it happens again. Um, But we also plan to make sure that it doesn't happen again. So it's and, and that's just been a natural thing for me that it's just how I look at everything. And it includes things like when we've had bad debts. Uh, we don't get many of those but it's like okay so how did that come about oh i see because we didn't check the id or we didn't take the payment in the right way or we didn't do some pretty remedial um, uh, work that would have established that that person wouldn't have um, uh, wouldn't have gone gone bad debt so it's just learning as we go i think that's that's a simple uh, simple thing uh, and apply and applying what you learn yeah it's near missing one of the of the sort of regular agenda items when you've got together with your with your um board it is i mean it is in a sense that we're always looking at how we can improve stuff we don't generally we have very few near misses in that sense i think over the last five years we've had two physical accidents in the workplace that we've had to deal with and other than that it's been things like we've just said it's been customers who haven't returned kit and it's like what can we learn from there and how can we make sure that doesn't happen again so it's more just an ethos that we that we're constantly thinking of how can we improve how what can we learn from what's just happened okay thank you i know you've now stepped back
2: from the company and are working part-time although possibly not quite as part-time as you <laughs> were maybe yeah as you move into into semi-retirement so Can you give an insight into your personal approach to risk? And you you kind of hinted and alluded to to some of it along the way, but do you want to enlarge on that a little bit?
1: Yes, I think Mark, my partner, and I realized about 15 years ago that this this hobby that had become a job, a career, and a business, how did we get out of it? Because as an events production company, at that point, we didn't really think we could sell it. So what could we do? And the only conclusion we came to was that it had to keep running, but it had to keep running without us. So then we started the plan of, well, how do we get out? And that that initially meant starting to take more time out of the business to bring on the next generation of management team. We'd already identified two or three of the team who were, 15, 20 years younger than us, who we could see potential in, so it was bringing them on. And by us stepping back, it enforced them to take more of a a front seat. We promoted Tom to MD six years ago. Mark and I stepped down from being joint MDs at that point. And in the recent years, it's been identifying a replacement for me in, in terms of the role that I've been doing, and that we've now found. And the guy is working alongside the existing management team, which is great. So it's been stepping back, gradual reduction in days, and also then the share sale. So how do we sell our, our value in the business? Uh, and that's been done by our uh, management buyout um, standard sort of set up really. So yes, yeah, so that's, that's my approach in how do we make it secure for the next generation? How do we keep it going? Because obviously there's a vested interest from our point of view, but how do we learn to take more of a back seat? And actually both for me and Mark, uh, because we're both key people that wanted to be very, very much at the forefront of everything, learning to step back, learning to have space to do something else with our lives (laughs) because actually that's the thing is we can work flat out until we hit retirement and the number of people I know who, who retire and then drop dead. Because they don't have a purpose anymore, so that thing has given us space. He's now be, he's now retired. He retired a year or so ago. Uh, well, semi-retired, does a few consultancy days, and is very busy doing all sorts of different stuff. I've taken up a role as um, a finance manager for a local charity, uh, which is run by a friend of mine. So that's really given me, uh, in a voluntary capacity, an opportunity to do something else and add some of my uh, learnings from over the years. So yeah. I don't know whether that gives you a, my personal approach to risk. Maybe there's an element of that in there, but um, yeah, that's where that is. Uh, planning and foresight really Right. So I mean, so uh, finally, then, I mean, we, we talked about
2: risk mm-hmm. as a potential opportunity as well as a threat. Um, we like to think of it in that way. And we talk to our clients about the importance of risk management as a process, as a regular sort of item on the board agenda on a, a, you know, fairly, fairly frequently to support that kind of idea. So how, how do you as a business or how have you as a business approached risk management? And you've talked about number of the sort of things that you, you've been involved in. So you've been cash rich only you don't have much in, in the, in the way of debt, uh, other than now the you stuff that you've taken on. But prior to that, what's been your approach at board level?
1: Uh, again, it, we've sort of come out earlier. I've I've never considered me as ever taking any risks. Uh, I am I am not a <laughs> I'm not a man who takes any form of risks. Uh, that's how I felt, and in, in our conversations, as we've already talked about the the reality that it wasn't that I didn't take risks; it was just risk averse, and it was about being careful. So it's about taking risks in a managed way. So it is about well, if we are going to start borrowing, which we have done, because we've realised. From financial points of view, sometimes borrowing the money makes sense. Then we borrow it in a very managed way. We've kept our um, borrowing to turnover ratio very, very low. Again, to uh, mitigate any uh, potential problems in a scenario like we've hit at the moment. So that's that's really it. It's just about being careful. It's being aware of all the potential pitfalls and and looking at them and and making sure we don't jump before we know what we're jumping into. I think that's probably as, as 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 clear as it can be really okay yeah
2: all right brilliant thank you for
0: that well at that point we opened up for general discussion and q a so it just remains for me to thank graham for his candor and his insight if you'd like to find out more about how we could help you with your risk management during these difficult times please don't hesitate to get in touch. visit our website www.hgkc.co.uk thank you